Dine and Dash with Fast Food. It's Ars Sinclair, episode 88. Hi everybody, welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about fast food. My favorite dude, oh man. You know, th- if ever there was a topic built for some ridiculous banter, it's fast right, food. Bro. Okay, give me give me your top three fast food options. And I'm talking true fast food. None of this fast casual Applebee's crap. I mean real fast food. Do, we, do the drive-ins count? Yeah, heck yeah. Do, well, not Shapers. I'm talking That's about, what na- I'm talking about. national chains. Schaefer is not what I call fast food either. You gotta wait. Well, let me see here. The ones that I have access to, you know, it's funny, I'm sick of all fast food. It's the funny thing about it. I'm sick of all of it. So I'm gonna say the ones I'm the least sick of, I'm gonna go with uh, Rallies. Okay, interesting choice. Fazoli's um, and Chick fil A. I'm gonna go with those. What about you? You know, it. Fazoli's is interesting because I have not eaten at a Fazoli's since I was in high school. Yeah. Since it would, since they had the one in the valley. Yeah. Um, Man, I miss that place. For me, I like McDonald's. Like yeah. it's always around. Yeah. And it's it's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Chick Fil A is up there, and I'm going to go probably. Little Caesars drive-through five-dollar yeah. pizza. If I had honorary mentions, someone mentioned one. It'd be White Castle. The problem is White Castle. There's not one in the yeah. in, anywhere near us. Anywhere I don't count White Castle because we don't have access. Right, to but it. I mean, when I go on the road, I occasionally will pass one, yeah. and then I, I don't pass it for very long. You ever go to that Crystal off the Mount Sterling? I think it's the Mount Sterling exit. I, I did once. This is the problem with my job: is that if you those things don't set well, then you got just a little yeah, problem. We true. go back to our old. Our trucker's helper yeah, episode. Yeah, but uh, I will say uh, the uh, little Caesar's five dollar pizza. People are like, "Oh, that's crap pizza." It is. It's five dollar pizza, but I think it's for five bucks you're gonna get a deal. Yeah, I think they upped the price though, didn't they? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's still pretty cheap, and pizza yeah. is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, what are your what are the ones you pass and never stop at? You know, I used to be against Taco Bell for a real long time. Yeah. Because, like, all of their stuff is kind of the same thing. It's variations on the same thing. Yeah. But, frequently, I've gone back because they've revamped their dollar menu. And I'm a big fan of that spa- that spicy potato soft taco. Yeah. I like the I sauce know, they put on it. It's like, yeah. a, like, it's like one, your home fries that you get at Bob Evans. Yeah. They put those on a taco. And you get yourself six or seven of those, and that's a meal. You know, I should have mentioned another one. Sheets. Sheets has got some good like drive through like a hot dog. I wish that the Hurricane Sheets had a drive through. Oh yeah, that was a real. That's miss. not fast food. You go in there. Yeah. Um, the ones I go past. It's funny. I was exactly the same with Taco Bell, but now I've kind of there's some stuff I can. Mm. I'd go there. I don't know what the stuff is. I right. don't want any of it. The ones I don't go to, like Five Guys. Well, that's uh, that's not that's everything that's fast food's not. It's expensive and slow. Right, but also the the burgers make me want to die. Yeah. So I don't go there. Um. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of that. I really, I mean, I eat all of them, so I, I, I really don't like Subway. 
I, think, I love Subway, but it's so expensive. It's I don't. I don't think that their sandwiches are very good. And Subway would have been number one on my list if it had been five years ago. There's much better options. Like I think Jersey Mike's is the same price as Subway, and it's way way better. Nah. Penn Station, same Penn, price as Subway, no, way Station, way better. Well, Penn Station is more expensive than Subway. But also, here's the thing: five dollar footlongs was the gimmick, right? Their subs aren't as good as as Penn's, all right? But it was but now they're super expensive mm-hmm. and they're not that great, right? But when I did the Amigo Air and Weight Loss Wager, like White Castle, or not White Castle, uh, Subway was the, my, I ate there every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. But now I can't afford it. It's hard to eat out now. I don't even like to eat out all that much if yeah. I can help it. You know, but yeah, uh, those are those are all good choices. Now, when I was in England, I was really looking forward to seeing what British fast food had on offer. Yeah. When I went there, I was I was disappointed. Well, I wasn't disappointed. I was burial. They they don't have a lot of chains. At least now I'm talking about my very limited experience in one town in England in Sheffield. Okay, so you're burying the whole country so, based on this based one. On area. One, it's the like American it. way. Yeah. So, uh, but what they do have is a thing called the chip shop. Yeah. Okay. And what you get there is you get your fish and chips. Okay. But they've also got the big hunk of meat on the spit. Right. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, well, I know what. Yeah, I think so. Okay, it's a big hunk of meat on a spit, yeah. and it rotates. What's right? the meat? It's a. I think it's a combination of lamb and beef. How's that possible? They meld it together. I think it's created in a laboratory. They meld. I've never yeah. had lamb. Yeah, and it's melded together, so yeah. it's like it's an unnatural. Think of like like a like a like a hawk. Maybe they like breed a, them like a ham somehow. hog. Yeah, like they're bred for their magic. Yeah. And so you put that on the spit, and there's a guy there, and he cuts off shards of it, right? Yeah. And he puts it over top of bed of fries. And these are the thick-cut fries. Yeah. And then just mayo and, like, a little bit spicy sauce. Just cover it so it's drowning in it. Yeah. You get yourself one of those. You take it home, and you eat the whole thing. Yeah. Rest of the night violently ill. But when you're eating it, it's the best thing. Does it it's not the come best with any, it's thing. not on bread or anything? It's the, the fries are the bread. No, that sounds... The, the fries are the bread. That should be the UK slogan. <laughs> I thought in the... Like, when you went over there for, like, uh, Amiga Ireland, then you do, like, the kebab thing. Isn't that a big deal over there? They have fast food kebab Yeah, joints. so the kebab... Yeah, the kebab is part of the chippy, too. And you what, about, what about those? What's the other thing they eat? Are they real hot? Uh, uh, Chicken tiki masala. No, no. The, you know, not kebab, but the other... Th- the uh, other big sna- late-night boom curry? snack. Curry? That's, That's what it. tiki masala well, is. How would I yeah. know that? I don't yeah. know. I barely yeah. know what curry is. So, yeah. The, I'm not big on that stuff when there's the other thing. On, then there's When there's the hunk of meat on the spit, that's yeah. what I go for. I see. Well, yeah, I would go for the hunk of meat as well. Yeah. You can't go wrong with the hunk of meat. Yeah. I mean, I, even if it's a weird, I don't know what you, whatever you would call it, lamb. What was the other thing? Lamb, lamb and beef mixed. I don't know. I don't know about that it's one. It's a mix. Yeah. Now I'm hungry, though. We'll say that. Let's yeah. get through this and review and get out of here. All right. Let's talk about fast food. Oh, man. Fast food. And now, I will admit, but when we this thing came up on the on the docket, I thought it was a separate game. I didn't think it was this game at all. And I don't know what game I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, I don't think I've ever played this game really? this week. Had you played this no, one before? No, no. Uh, so, uh, this is Fast Food. Uh, fast Food, this one's developed by our our good buddies, the Oliver Twins. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with, Friend of the show, Oliver yeah, Twins. Yeah, they were on the show, 
God, it's, it's been forever. A long ago. time ago, yeah. Uh, back in the day, they were promoting. If you recall, when they were on, they were promoting their MMORPG. Yeah, that didn't get funded, as I recall. Uh, it, it, it it got funded to them, and then the, the funding dried up, and they they exited stage left. Oh, bummer. Yeah, so I guess that thing dried up entirely. I'd forgotten that they were even pitching anything. Uh, anyway, this one uh, developed and worked on by the Oliver Twins and. Uh, the music of this thing composed by the uh, legendary David Whitaker. We've covered many of his tunes, yeah. a few of his games. Uh, and, uh, of course, you also had Alistair Brimble that did the Amiga version. So you got a couple of decent fellows doing the tunes on these. From the ZX, it was Whitaker. Um, of course, this is in the Dizzy series. You've got Dizzy. The how would you what would you explain if someone said what's Dizzy? How would you describe Dizzy? I would describe Dizzy as the ZX Spectrum's cute cartoon-like mascot. How do you think he in the pantheon of mascots? Because we've buried all the Amiga ones. Where does Dizzy fall in? Because he's well, probably the guy. Well, he, here's the thing: Dizzy was going up against Horus. Valid point. <laughs> and so listen, the, the, don't the, bad about that guy. The, we kill. The road was easy for Dizzy. Yeah. is what I'm I saying. I think Dizzy's a pretty competent mascot. He's cute. He's definitely uh, uh, unique. Well, Dizzy is one of the few um, British mascots to actually make the jump to consoles. Yeah. There were NES games that were Dizzy games. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, hey, listen, when you're representing the yoke folk, you're yeah. in. Yeah. Um, this one, of course, published by Codemasters. They, I think they were behind all the all the uh, Dizzy games. This thing appeared on more uh, platforms than I would have anticipated, but I guess so did Dizzy. Uh, you've got your uh, Amstrad, of course, the C64. The Atari ST, the Amiga, the MS-DOS. There's a Switch. There's a newly released Switch version of this. Really? That the Oliver's have, you know, cajoled yeah. and changed and yeah. messed around with. And you have to release all of the Disney games on the Enterprise 64 slash 128 boat. So that's always... That's nice I, 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 I'm slightly perturbed that there's not a Tatung Einstein well, version Well, the Tatung was difficult to port to, I yeah. believe. Uh, this released in April of 89, Boats. This is a pretty old game. And this is a single-player maze game. Uh, this one is occasionally referred to as uh, Fast Food Dizzy. Mm -hmm. Or just Fast Food. I'm surprised that they didn't put they didn't make that the, the actual title. Yeah. Because, they, you know... That would make more sense because, you know... They're selling this game on the strength of the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, according to uh, World of Spectrum, this is the third... Release game in the Dizzy to feature Dizzy. So this was the third one. This was a departure from your previous Dizzy game. Yes. Because this is sort of a maze game. Now it's funny when I read the documentation for this. The documentation is pretty slight, and the, the, uh, it just tells you basically what you do. I read the docs, and I was like, okay, this seems straightforward. And then I played the game, and it was straightforward. Because <laughs> normally you read the doc, and there's some hidden knowledge. Mm -hmm. But this has no hidden knowledge, Boat. Explain to the people the general uh, uh, the, the, the general way you play fast food. Well, this is a maze chase game uh, in the genre of Pac-Man. Uh, you are you play as Dizzy. We didn't talk about what, who who Dizzy is, uh, in, in, who Dizzy claims to be. Um, he is <laughs> make it sound. What does that mean? Make it sound sinister. Well, he's an egg, but is he really? Well, I mean, yeah, I think he's represents a yoke of folk. Okay. Why would he be something else that represent? He's always in like a, it's like a, a Zool situation, right? Uh, so anyway, you uh, Dizzy is an egg that's walking around and. <laughs> Sounds great so far. <laughs> uh, and what your job is to do is to negotiate these mazes 
uh, to collect items of uh, food that uh, allow you to pass to the next level. Um, you are avoiding, I don't know that these things, I'm sure they're named in the docs. You don't have that pulled up exactly. I don't, these I don't, I didn't called, print the docs out. So no, I'm fr but I did, you, did have, they were named in there. You're avoiding the some name. creatures. They kind of look like, if you can imagine if the fry guys got a haircut, uh, that's what, that's what they look like. <laughs> yeah. yeah sort um, of. and so, uh, and so that they are, they're vaguely sort of, um, you know, uh, they're, they're, or if you can imagine like your classic, a ghost Halloween costume with the eye holes cut out, but imagine if you cut it off too high, and so you've got a pair of legs walking around with sort of a half of a ghost costume on top. They look, they do look very similar to the old fry guy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought of. Now, you know, the funny thing about this game is when you run around, when you read the docs, like I said, and you read what you're supposed to do. There's there's not a lot of curveballs, and yet it's still not bad. It's I mean, not I, bad. Uh, what this reminded me because you know when you start early on, uh, you kind of meander. Dizzy does tend to meander. He's not a quick character unless you get the fast forward thing. What mm -hmm. I mean that matches his lore. Yeah. I'm sure that in the Dizzy character bible, there's actually things written the, in there that says that he can't. Wait a minute. Uh, he can't go past a certain speed. Do you think there's a is a character bible? Oh yeah. I mean like having like a save? Yeah. When the showrunners you know do all of Dizzy's live action adaptations, they have to refer to that. Man, I would pay top dollar to see an action movie with Dizzy as a star. There wouldn't be a lot of action. Yeah, well, no. Well, yeah, it'd be slow action. But Dizzy. Meandering, but then again, the bad guys aren't in any hurry either. And so early on, especially, you're just kind of even late. It's not like they're hauling tail to the right. face. And they're not exactly chasing after you either. It's almost as if they're going about business of their own. Right. And you just have to get in their way. Right. Uh, so basically, Dizzy's go around eating food. Okay, fair enough. Now, uh, you'll get some power ups, but usually you get the speed up or, or the slow down. And the slow down is the dirt worse. Because you move at the legitimate speed of an actual egg, if you get that. I mean, it just kind of meanders at a low rate. If you get the speed up, though, you're thinking to yourself, why did they just make the game this speed? That's what I kept thinking. Now, the monsters do have names in yeah. the grand Pac-Man tradition. Their names are Bonzo, uh, obviously a, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, who was the, who was the guy? Um, Bonzo. Well, he, that's that's a reflection of a real life person, right? You got me. I don't know. Anyway, you've also got Wizza. Yeah. You got Pippa and Fido. Now, do they have are they assigned specific colors or? Uh, I believe that they are, but I don't know which go to which. Yeah. And uh, they're only described as mushroom like monsters. That's all you can generate. With yeah. The graphic. Um, as you go through this game, you know what this game reminded me of. The more I played it. It reminded me quite a bit of Casey Munchkin mm -hmm. because you're you're chasing food through this maze, so much like you would chase the dots, right? Uh, when you play uh, Casey Munchkin, this is a and listen, that's not a bad thing. It's not an insult either. It's a good thing. I don't remember what year Casey Munchkin came out, but it didn't predate this by much. Oh no, uh, Casey Munchkin came out a long time before this game came out in nineteen freaking eighty nine. Well, I mean, but it's not like it was. A, I mean. I don't. I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't think this is a direct rip off of it. No. But it's a. It's a. There's a. There's some gameplay elements that are very similar. That that's a good thing because part of the fun of Casey Munchkin was that you had to chase the dots around. And this game, you're basically chasing around the dots, which is cool. I mm. like that. This game also introduces these sort of like uh, they're called hedges in the in the manual, 
But there are areas that you can go that the bad guys can't. Right. They're like so safe you, houses. And you, well, you, you scoot through them. And these things are, are handy. Uh, there are a lot of points in this game, though, where you'll get caught. And so you're going to go through men. But the good thing is, I think it's every three levels, you get an extra man. And on my very first play of this game, I get I got to level eight before I lost the guy. And this, it's only like 30 levels. So it's like this. It's not I me. Mean, so it, this is one of the few games where I can say, I didn't suck instantly, and I was instantly great. Right. This is a very easy game. And I say that with the knowledge that I'm not a good video game player. Oh, you're um, not that bad. And so, but is that a bad thing? No, I don't think it's a bad thing. I had, I, you know, here's the, I'm going to cut to the chase. Here. Okay, get in there. Okay. Get in there. I am a sucker for a maze chase game. Yeah. I like Pac-Man. Your Ladybug sort. Ladybug, one of my top three arcade games yeah. of all time. Wow. No. Okay. Yes, really? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and Ladybug to me is the pinnacle I knew of the genre. It. I yeah. knew you loved it. Um, and so when I saw Dizzy ambling about a maze, I was in. Yeah. I was in. Now, here's the thing that I don't like about this game. All right. The uh, I'm okay with including speed up and slow down power-ups. Yeah. All these power-ups do is speed up and slow down the game. Yeah. Okay? If you're going to put in power-ups that speed things up and slow them down, you need to speed Dizzy up while keeping the monsters moving at the same speed. Well, you can't or get, slow down the monsters. You can't get that thing that freezes the monster. That's true, but that, that does not negate my point that the speed up and slow down things do nothing. Well, it makes you... I don't know. The, I liked it just because I was so slow. Well, I'm just so happy to move faster. That's all. That's all it took for me. I like them. I mean, but I understand what you're saying. The uh, I, this game's funny. The mazes in this are pretty constricted, you know. And so the, when those, so you have to strategically go around. And sometimes you just have to kill time until you can go down a long one way dead end hallway to get the right. food you want. That's this, that's hanging out down there. It is fun when the food runs around though, because you can sometimes that the food runs in a happy way. You could actually, you could actually get a bunch of food like a corner. If mm -hmm. you just happen, you just get on the flip side. Sometimes the food takes a right turn right when you're up on it, and right. it's infuriating because it went the wrong way, and you've got to go all the way back around the maze. And you're so yeah. slow. I mean, I think that the food, the, the the food movement is what makes this game. Wonder why, boat? That they, as we look at this, and I noticed this right away. It's the old Dreamcatcher. They've got a third of the screen. That has the logo, the logo of Coke. Well, I'll tell you, sword. I'll tell I you. I have had all that whole thing be made. Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you why that is. Yeah. Is that they are aping the classic arcade vertically oriented monitor viewpoint. Well, would you not like to have had a bigger maze? No, I'd rather have it at the correct aspect ratio like they've but done But there here. is no correct aspect ratio. This is the vertical game. Listen, there. It could be a full-size game. Look at, you know, Dig Dug. Ladybug, Mr. Do, Pac-Man. They're all vertically oriented games. They're following in the footsteps of these giants. Well, well I guess. They're, or it could be they just didn't want to use the whole screen. Well, this game took two weeks to code, I believe, from beginning to end. Really? They said, according to Wiki, uh, they say that the, the game was playable within two days and it took them two weeks to kind of smooth it out and finish it off. Listen, so I the, can't the, complain on that. The Oliver Twins were working at a good clip. I'm sure that they had to get a certain number of games out to keep their overlords happy. 
And uh, this is not a bad effort for the amount of time that it took to get this out, especially when you consider what was the what was the MSRP of this thing? Probably two ninety nine, something like it that. Wasn't, it wasn't much, right? To me, if I was if I was out and about and I was shopping for a budget release for the ZX Spectrum, yeah, I would be pleased as punch to pick up uh, Fast Food Dizzy. I'd say this is uh, this is sacrilegious. I'm going to say, but this is easily my favorite of the Dizzy games, mm -hmm. and there's I one can reason. See it. I could instantly play it and not be frustrated. I wish I was dead. Right. I mean, is it the most complex? God, no. Is it the most? Is it the game you're going to play the most hours on? Good God, no. But it's sort of fun, and it's definitely playable. Uh, and it's they what he set out to accomplish with the twins. They pulled it off. It's a maze game. It's original enough to not be Pac-Man. I love the hedge mechanic. I yeah. love the way... I mean, it sort of brings in a dig-dug element to it. Yeah, yeah. And, but, I mean, also, it's just... I like I like the fact that you can zoom in and out of the hedge. And mm -hmm. it's, it, it, you add the strategy to it. There, there are some things I don't like. The long hallways with the dead ends, that can get annoying. It's real annoying to sit there and wait, wait, wait. We didn't mention the little cartoons. Which these things are plugged on the cassette. They're like, there's a cartoon every three levels. Right. And they, again, this is another, you know, I might be there with you. This may be my favorite Dizzy game. What? This game really has it all because it takes, you know, it, it, the cutscenes are great. This is the only game that features Dizzy's mother. Yeah. I've always thought she was neglected and now I know why. <laughs> so, as opposed to vice versa. This is, uh, I mean, it, it's really, they could have almost sold this in my, I mean, here's the problem is, is this came out in 1989. Yeah. If this would have come out in 1983 or 1984, you know, soon after the launch of the Spectrum, this thing could have been sold at full price. Oh, yeah. yeah um, yeah, you know, yeah, this late in the game, probably the budget price. But, again, we've played so many, even and Codemaster releases, that, that can't hold a, a candle to this. BMX Simulator, I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, and, Ouch. And so, um, this, that was, that was I one mean, of those too. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by I this. And this is a game that I will return to. I would like to have had, I would like I said, I'd like to have had Dizzy move at the speed he does when he's fast and move faster when he got the fast forward. I like the power-ups, though. Uh, and, I, you know, sometimes simple is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not the biggest Pac-Man fan, but I do like the challenge. And the thing is, there, it's funny, this is a game where like you have to go chase the foot often, right? The uh, the fact that there's not a zillion things on the screen mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah, you know you uh, the, the bad guys are clearly defined. The the maze is clearly defined. There, it's not complicated. The controls aren't complicated, and you can, this would be an easy game to put on a keyboard. It's it, yes, they took the dizzy guy and stuck him in here and used them. They probably I don't want to say they kind of you know shopped him out, but this isn't a really a dizzy game. But I mean he's a great character. Use him. And then they add in the cartoons. Again, in 2022, you're like, eh. But, I mean, these things were, when I was a kid, like, those cutscenes were great. Yeah. And so to have those in the home version of a game, mm -hmm. double great. And getting them every three levels, awesome. It's got a Mr. Do thing going on yep. there. Yep. And the fact they give you an extra man. So you've always got a lot of extra man. And you're going to need them in the higher levels. I mean, did I get through this whole game? No, I did not. But I got into the. I think the highest I got was like twenty one or something. So you pretty you came pretty close to yeah, beating but this I'm, thing. I, and the thing is, uh, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, uh, I don't want to have caught any of the games Norris, but it wasn't a game where I literally was begging to die. I mean, I enjoyed playing this. It was fun. Would I go back to it every day? No. But is this one you could like 
play for fun on a whim. Sure, this mm-hmm. is one of those games that you could pull right up, and it would be it would be great with no problem. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but I'll have to say. Now, uh, speaking of uh, high scores, we did have a little high score competition on yes, the Discord. Yes, absolutely. Z9K9 ran away with it this time with a score of 10,141. Uh, roughly uh, five times the score of everyone else. But Jigglebox, Pajako, and Mitsuyama both all put forth respectable scores on this game. So we appreciate them for participating and for Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, for running our Discord high score competition. What were the uh, magazine reviews like on this what, one? Go ahead and let's hear the Discord. Okay, we'll first, do the Discord first. Up. Here we go. Paul Bossman Harrington uh, says Today's nap was 40 minutes. I played this game for five minutes. Of course, Paul, proud papa of twins, so he's got limited gaming time these <laughs> days. <laughs> oh my God, I can't imagine. He says, Not a game for me. Too slow, doesn't really grab you. And whilst the music was okay, it would start to grate after extended play. Not one of the Spectrum's Dizzy's or Codemaster's finest. Bossman didn't like it. Will Brooker writes, um, I'm going to be generous and review this as if I'm writing for Crash in 1983 so that he's taking on the persona of a Crash writer. All right. Wow! Playing fast food Dizzy is like entering an animated cartoon where you control the main character. In terms of genre, this is a reinvented Pac-Man, but not like any of the clones of the other lesser companies have released in the last year, with their tiny graphics and only 8 pixels square, plotting movement and beeping music. Fast food includes multi-channel fanfares that had me looking around my bedroom for the hidden arcade machine. The enemies <laughs> in Dizzy are huge sprites, at least 6 characters tall, and movement is silky smooth, with none of the dreaded color clash we usually get on the specy. Show this to your C64 pals and they'll go green as a rotten egg with envy. Gameplay is varied and addictive, with multiple enemies and power-ups, and all the food types are programmed to program to follow different patterns, some of them evading capture, some of them almost wanting to be eaten. It's an amazing feat of artificial intelligence. Until now, Ultimate has ruled the roost with their professional and slick arcade games, but I would say this is almost as good as Cookie, in some ways, though it might seem like sacrilege, even better. These Oliver twins must be technical wizards, and I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. And the hero, egg-like Dizzy, is so cute and endearing, he surely has a future in other games. And then Will goes on to write, My conclusion, if this had come out at the start of the Spectrum's history, it would be a crash smash. For the end of the 80s, it's a simple, slow, but briefly entertaining distraction with some nice touches. That was good stuff. Who wasn't to put that Will Brooker. Well done. He's a wordsmith. He is. My gosh. Give Pixels. Give this guy a call. Pixels at dawn, right? This is, there you go. <laughs> while Dizzy, and thank you for using while instead of that inferior word, is most well known for his adventure games, he has some really solid arcade outings, and fast food is one of them. While it is very clearly inspired by Pac-Man, in a lot of ways, this is the better game. Whereas the arcade pill muncher relies on frenetic speed and muscle memory to challenge the player, fast food takes a more sedate pace. Indeed, it feels a bit plodding early on before your four enemies are introduced. But it's this more deliberate pace that allows for more thought and strategy to be applied. Because pickups block the enemy's progress, every piece of food you collect is effectively uncorking a new path for your opponents to pursue you. So all the time you're thinking of the right order and strategy needed to get you to the next level with getting trapped in a dead end or pinchered in a corner. And with the 30 different maze styles, it remains interesting throughout. 
graphics are decent, especially the amusing extra life animations, and the music is stellar. The only thing I thought was a little cheap was the post-level 30 flipped levels mode. Some more original levels would have been appreciated. 8.5 out of 10. Very good. Pajaco writes, Fast food is a little too slow in plotting and it takes a few levels to get going, but it's still a fun game in the end. The green speed boost puts the game speed to where it should be. The moving game collectibles can act as a temporary barrier to the enemies, so not collecting them can be a good strategy. Power-ups include questionable-looking pink invincibility icons that I initially mistook for an enemy, a shield that allows you to destroy enemies, and some bottles that achieve different things. The power-up effects are not immediately obvious, and you will lose lives trying them out at first. Some power-ups will give points, and some won't, which I found an odd choice. The enemy monsters will mostly uh, pathfind to your current location so you can herd them like sheep. Later mazes do make that harder, though, as escape routes become thin on the ground. Being able to skip the extra live cutscenes would have been good, but not critical. Fast food ticks enough boxes to be fun, and for the low cost, you get a decent game. Not quite gourmet fast food, more greasy burger by the side of the road, but you still <laughs> enjoy it anyway. 7 out of 10. And he does mention Codemasters tended to be $2.99 as opposed to $1.99 for other budget games, so it was a pricier budget game. Jed Byrne writes, The Oliver Twins were busy boys in 89. Not only did they produce a ton of games for Codemasters, but they also produced a couple big-name full-price games like Ghostbusters 2. They must have overextended themselves because fast food is disappointing. It's competent enough, and some promising ideas are there, like flipping the screen to make the second time round more interesting. However, the gameplay is slow, clunky, and dull, with none of the typical dizzy charm. A year later, the Yoke Folk returned in Quick Snacks, and it was everything fast food should That's have been. That's the one I was thinking of. Skip fast food and go straight to Quick Snacks. Mitsuyama, our final review, writes, I've completely changed my opinion on this game as i played it over the past few weeks. At first, I thought it was a poor Pac-Man clone. The pace was slow, and the early levels were so easy I found them boring. However, it's only when you reach the later levels that the true game reveals itself. This is a puzzle game where the challenge is to determine the correct route through each level to pick up all the collectibles. The collectibles block the enemy's path, so it's crucial that you pick them up in the correct order. The inclusion of one-way walls and gates that disappear once you pass through them adds an extra challenge. Each level plays the same each time you reach it, so once you've discovered the correct route, you can use it on subsequent goes, which limits the replayability somewhat. The fact that the Oliver Twins included an option to select the starting level demonstrates that they don't intend for you to play the early levels on every game. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah. That's a good point. Plus, the fact that this was only $2.99 when released means this should get a few extra marks for value for money alone. So, not the donkey I initially thought, but quite a challenging puzzle game with little replayability, 7 out of 10. Very good, very good. Good stuff in there. A couple things we did mention. There are other power-ups of the Fast Forward and the Rewind. The ability to like uh, to freeze the bad guys, the ability to even kill the bad guys. So that, they put some variance in there. I never got to the point where the screen would flip, but I did see footage of that. Mm -hmm. It's not the, eh, I don't know. Again, we're talking three pound. I mean, I would have killed for games of that yeah. quality or that price. Yeah. I did look this up to see how it uh, scored. Uh, there's a couple reviews here on Moby Crash. Gave this a 60 out of 100. Uh, so not a not big fans. And your Sinclair, 63. So they didn't they didn't uh, receive it real well. I wanted to point out, uh, I looked at this uh, to see what other machines it's appeared on. And one of the ones that was the Amiga. And so I thought it'd be interesting to have a look. 
And they actually went the direction I talked about with you, Bo, which was actually ditching the vertical and going full screen. It's quite beautiful, actually, in terms of, I mean, it looks very arcade. I would really like to play this on Amigos. It looks real nice. I like how they've, that uh, the egg is dancing at the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's nice that they've named the level. So this is a lot of stuff. This is like if you were involved in this. Yeah. And so this might be one to check out. Maybe somewhere down the line, uh, we'll get to play this on on our main show. But I think, uh, given the price, and I, let's listen, we're Americans. The, we didn't grow up playing those Disney games. It's a lot like some of the other stuff. And it's just so we're not. It doesn't. I mean, at least in my case, I can't speak for both, but I don't have any problem putting this game over. Actually, yeah. I, I mean, I like a fun, simple maze romp as much as the next guy, and I think that's what this is. I think there's enough. Uh, clever bits in it, enough with the power of stuff to make this a real, like, we played uh, Pac-Man Deluxe a couple months ago on the Amiga, like, if I had my choice between this and that, I'd play this over that, and, you know, I love the big doll, Yeah. but I think this is a, a more unique take on the genre of Maze Runner, and I, I, I liked it, I thought they, and the graphics, again, for a game like this, nice, big, mm-hmm. beautiful, clear graphics, work like a charm, but... You know, I, like I looked it. this thing up on eBay or yeah. just to see what it was selling for. You can buy this right now for $16.54 yeah. or best offer. Of course, you're going to have to pay that amount almost exactly for shipping from the UK. But you can get this thing $32 in the United States, you know, in your hands here. So uh, I did see one recently sold for 7 bucks, though, so you might want to hold out Yeah, yeah. Uh, before that. Depends on how much you want it. All right, Aaron, we come to the end of fast food. This is, hold on, before you get to the 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 uh, name calling, this is art time. It's art time, Bo. Okay. I'm going to show my art piece off. So, many, many of you guys may know that I uh, have uh, uh, inherited our tape collection. Uh, a lot of these came, well, a lot of people have sent us ZX Spectrum tapes over the years. I don't think I ever mentioned this on the show, but, you know, I don't like to just have those tapes sitting in a box. It just bugs me, you know, so... I've been looking away, around for a way to display them, and what I came up with was the old index card holders. And so you can see this is my 20 uh, tapes. Uh, these are ZX tapes, and you can see I've, I've had one of these hanging right behind Boat for mm-hmm. quite a while. I did two more of these. I'm going to. It's going to take probably 20 to get our tapes. But the good thing about this is you can see the backs, and you can also pick one of these out and play it whenever you want. So if you're looking for a way to display your collection. I don't, and I would be interested if other people have better ideas than this, because this isn't the cheapest way to go. These things are about uh, uh, 15 bucks, you know. But if you don't have a better method, there you go. You can t- hang them right up. Don't keep them in a box. They make beautiful wall art, don't yeah, they, buddy? absolutely. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more evocative. The, uh, the, the ZX Spectrum art... And yeah. I guess you see this. This continues on through the uh, through the 16-bit computers. But I mean, some of the most stunning cover art of all time appeared on the spectrum. Yeah, and it, you know, it's neat the tapestry of multiple tapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been going through the collection, trying to get all the non-discounted uh, ones out. And I've learned enough about uh, from the show to at least know what the uh, second runs are, and the mm-hmm. top hits, and the kicks. And all that stuff. So it's kind of fun to go through and organize them because I'm a dork. So there's also that. Everybody needs a hobby. Yeah, that's right. So, Aaron, it's time to bid a fond farewell to fast food. Uh, If you have any feedback, uh, please feel free to uh, hit us up. You can uh, leave us a comment on YouTube or you can come on over to our uh, Discord server. 
Uh, if you want to support the show and get access to that, just visit patreon.com slash our Sinclair. We are reaching ever closer to our goal of uh, making our Sinclair a weekly program. Uh, once we reach 200 bucks a month, it will shift. We could dig into these things. That's right, that man. That's right. Uh, and that leads us to our our Sinclair roll call. So first, we got to give a shout out to Clive's Club. This is the group that picks these games for us. Big props to Mr. Rocket, Mitsuyama, Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tenpot Gamer, Orc Meal, and Paul, aka Hermski. Those guys are, are incredibly important to us. Yes. Not, not because they're just they're ponying up or whatever. It's because these guys like we need your helping hand. Like a game like this, like we've not been enamored with the Dizzy games, and so when you say, "Hey, here's another Dizzy game," so like, "Yeah," but they knew. They're like, "Listen, this will get over." They know the good stuff, so we really appreciate all the people in the committee and anyone thinking about it. That's like on the fence. Hey, should I get in the committee? Get in there and get something? Come on in. The way they vote is great. It's very uh, cordial. Everyone gets a, uh, their say in, and uh, it's very nice. I, I don't go in there often because I like to be surprised, but when I do go in, everyone's super nice. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, too. And also, if you're very uh, passionate about a particular game, this is a great way to get it to come across our uh, front door. Yeah. And of course, we have all of our, our Sinclair supporters, who include Pajaco6502, Will Brooker, Wanderly Chesham, Stephen Wilcott, Chartel, Nathan Mills. Doug Berry, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Mark Durham, and Pixels at Dawn. Thanks, y'all. Uh, if you like this format, you want to hear us sitting around talking about old computer games, check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga. Uh, we got the Coco Show, all about gaming on the Tandy Color Computer. Uh, 1200XL, about the Atari 8-bits. The Atari ST Show, and of course, ARG Presents, where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. All of these shows can be found on the Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel or at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. Well done. What are we going to be playing next time, Aaron? Let's see what they picked out for us, poster. Survey says, oh no, we're going to be playing this at nighttime. 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 You know, nighttime is the right time. I've heard that. I yes. love it. So... We will see you guys next time, and until then, rewind tape, and press play. Ooh.